I'm Linnea. And you're listening to First Impressionists. Welcome back. Welcome to week three. <laughs> Lucy, how are you? Um, I'm good, Linnea. It's warm and it's bright outside. Um, it's been kind of a busy week, but I get to sit here and talk about art with you. So that's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Yeah. For those listening at home, Lucy has a new job and is making some serious money moves. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, it definitely feels like spring outside. So it's exciting. It does. For sure. I'm very happy about that. Mm -hmm. And there's light, (laughs) sunlight outside. Yes. Amazing. I know. It's like past 5 p.m. and it's still light outside. It's It's so weird. Okay, I'm having a weird thing where I'll go to a place that I've been to many times, but always in the evening. And Mm. um, I get lost because I'm like, this doesn't look right because I've only ever seen it in the dark. (laughs) It's true. I got lost. Yeah. It's so weird. So um, it's very exciting that we have sunlight and stuff. Yes. Um, Yeah. So last week we talked about what is art. Pretty basic question, but we managed to... Talk you know, about it, it for seems an hour. Simple until you talk. About it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and one of the things we talked about was, you know, like the boundaries of where art is, and and if you can tell that art is art by just looking at it, mm-hmm. um, which sometimes you can, sometimes yeah. you can't. Yeah. And today we want to talk about art that when we look at it, we feel confused. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, So I think this is a good conversation to have, to follow that up, um, because this is where our definitions, I think for me, the art we're going to talk about today is where, like, my definitions kind of break down. Because I don't really have, like, an emotional response to them. I don't feel something. They don't really seem to tell me anything about the human experience. Yeah. Maybe I'm just not looking closely enough. Yeah. So. Yeah. Or some of them, I don't, maybe people see that in it and I just don't. Um, Some of them, I think the style is interesting or I can appreciate why it's an important part of the art world, but it just, something is lost on me. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I agree. And. It'll be an interesting conversation because sometimes you, your understanding of something develops the more you think about it. And a lot of this art, even just looking at it today, I'm like, okay, maybe I get a little bit more why this is important. Right. Right. I don't some know. Some of them still I know, still don't but, like it. But yeah, some of them, even as I was looking for some different images to look at, um, and talk about on the show tonight, I don't know. I, I sort of had to give them a second glance and think, okay, mm-hmm. so what what about it don't I like or understand? And there were even some paintings that I think I might like. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's exciting. We'll see yeah. what happens. Definitely. Um we're going to talk about interesting a lot of pretty much this is all slightly more modern art so that's kind of interesting um yes that that's a common theme and i wonder if maybe it's like we can't really see as well the effect that it will have you know it's like okay this is important the art in the past that 
is really famous, we can see kind of the effect that it had on art that came after it. Right. But this right. stuff that we're going to be talking about today, some of these people are still alive. Actually, just one. Yeah. The rest are dead. Yeah. Um, but they died fairly recently. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe in 30 years we'll be like, oh, now I get it. Now, now I, I understand it. Yeah. that giant balloon. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I don't I think a lot of modern art is slightly off-putting to me and I don't I don't know if I quite understand what it is. Maybe it's just because it's more experimental or it has commentary on I don't know, the modern world and consumerism and all of these things that I'm already so involved overwhelmed in with. and overwhelmed mm-hmm. with that, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I just don't want more commentary on that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe know. we're both like escapist art lovers and so we want art that like takes us to a better oh, time. Yes. Not <laughs> art that reminds us of what's going on right now. Take me to the renaissance. <laughs> Yeah. Um, maybe. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that that honestly might be part of it for me. Yeah. So, it'll be interesting. I mean, I'd be interested to know if people listening to the show have love this art and could tell us why they love it. Yeah. I don't know that I've met anyone who loves Jeff Koons. Who's like, <laughs> Jeff Koons is my man. Um, I definitely haven't, and I don't think I want to know. <laughs> to be like obsessed with, with you. yeah, somebody uh, is. Someone is, and it might be Jeff Koons. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> True. Oh yeah, yeah. He's our first artist. Do we want to just jump yeah. in and start talking well, about him? We may as well, since we have already made fun of him. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. Sorry. Um, he's the one that's still alive. Okay. He's still alive. Right. He's still kicking. Still, still kicking. creating. Jeff, if you're listening to this, I'm <laughs> you multi-millionaire Jeff. I don't think you this. really care about our opinion. But yeah, I was thinking about that. There's some things I want to say about him, and I, they might be unkind. But yeah, he's so rich. Yeah, I think he'll be okay. I think he's fine. Oh man. Jeff Koons, where to begin? Um, <laughs> I mean, should we describe his style? Yeah, so he's part of the pop art movement, which mm-hmm. started in the, um, I don't know, 60s, 80s? Uh, um, 60s. Yes. Like, Jeff Koons, kind of a big name in that pop art movement. Also, Andy Warhol. Yep. Keith Haring, mm-hmm. uh, Larry Rivers. Linnea, I'm sensing a theme here that maybe we'll get we to do, later. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, uh, maybe we're just not big pop art fans. Maybe not. Um, it's kind of art that is being created in a time when we're pretty media-saturated. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And it's really a kind of art that takes um, things that are happening just in general culture and incorporating them into art. So it's almost like a reaction against the art world, kind of the established art world of before. Um, A little rebellious. Mm -hmm. So 
Yeah, maybe describe some I'm of sorry, it's really hard to picture Jeff Koons being rebellious. I'm staring at this photo of him next to one of his sculptures with the most ridiculous face doing like jazz hands. <laughs> oh. also, anyway. This might be really mean. I'm just gonna say it. Jeff Koons' face makes me think he has a really annoying voice. <laughs> I, yeah, I wish I could argue with that, but mm, it's kind of true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lucy, why don't you describe some of the pieces that we're looking um, at today? Yeah. So we have a balloon dog that is bright orange. It looks like it's pretty tall and it's a giant shiny sculpture that looks like a balloon dog. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one we're gonna look at is called the bunny, and it's a shiny balloon bunny. And then um, we've got a couple other examples here of his balloon art style. Um, one of them looks like a giant pink snake. Um, I didn't include this one on here, but I may end up talking about it. There's also a sculpture that he did that looks like a giant pile of Play-Doh. Like yes, I've seen that. All, yeah, yeah, all together. And it, that one's just called the Play-Doh. So nice. Um, that's what we'll be looking at. Yeah. He also does. He did some of that art where he like puts stuff in a glass case, like mm-hmm. a basketball. Yep. And a vacuum. Yep. And then, um, okay, this is an aside, but I was watching a video of him today where he was, like, giving a studio tour. Oh, what does his voice sound it like? It wasn't as annoying as I was oh. expecting. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't... It was more the words that he used that annoyed me, to be honest, because they were, like, Ooh. so wild and all over the place and talking about, like, sensations in the body and blah, 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 blah. Oh. Yeah. I was like, okay, Jeff... But um, he was showing this model of this art piece that he was making that was like this giant crane. It was a model, but it was going to be like a huge thing. A giant crane with a train that's like a normal sized train engine. And it was going to do all the things that a train engine does where it like whistles and Uh chugs, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it's going to hang above a museum entrance where people will be like walking underneath it and then drop down when the museum closes um i'm gonna be honest looked a little bit like what if a seven-year-old boy (laughs) designed an art installation like it'd be so cool if there was a crane and a train hanging from the crane (laughs) um yeah well i mean he definitely has Themes of youth and yeah, that's true. And his art. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very he makes giant balloon animals. Yeah, so, and yeah. Play-Doh. So yeah. And um, I mean, so base he has like a lot of different things, but it's kind of mm-hmm. it seems to me like he's most well known for the balloon animals. Oh, absolutely. those are the ones that that's, I associate with him the most for sure. Yeah, that's definitely what I've seen from him the most. So so. <laughs> Where to begin? Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't get it. (laughs) Yeah, it's difficult to say what he's trying to say. Yeah, I mean, it's like he's trying to capture 
that really fun moment in childhood when you have a balloon animal at a birthday party or something like that, but minus all of the art and the feeling, yeah, it's just, it's just a giant balloon, balloon animal. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know. I just, yeah, I, I really don't know what he's what he's trying to say. I mean, I guess it's just pushing back against the traditional art world mm-hmm. of portraiture and landscapes and saying, well, this is art too. It's a balloon animal. But, yeah. And I, I kind of understand that. Like, I understand that aspect of pop art and I think there's plenty of thought that goes into it but to me I'm just not really the type of person that wants to push back against something just for the sake of pushing back against it without creating something that is also beautiful yeah it's like Yeah. yeah you can push back against something but it's got to be to make space for something new that's going to have value right. rather than just... Right. It's not just proving that you can. Yeah. I do, that kind of tendency can be kind of irritating to me, I think. Yeah. I agree. So, I don't know. I don't know what he's... Yeah, I don't know what he's trying to do. If, if he's trying to be, like, a little bit of an absurdist or mm-hmm. a little bit just, yeah, throwing things out and just saying, like, I wonder what people will make of this giant thing that I create. Maybe he is trying to capture something of childhood, and I I don't know. Maybe, or maybe he just tried one. It worked. (laughs) And then I was like, I can make a lot of money. Yeah. So the rabbit, um, the silver rabbit, which isn't even the big one. It's like Mm -hmm. smaller than him. It sold for $91.1 million. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just need a moment of silence here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. And the dog... Or, sorry. Is it a dog or a bunny? Uh, dog. The dog. Yeah, the dog. Yes. The dog sold for $58 million. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Be prepared. There's a lot more of this coming. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't um I think the bunny was his most like his top selling piece of art, but um Wow. Be interesting to see what he's kind of up to now. What the people who bought them, like what they saw in it. Yeah. Why were they willing to pay that much money? I don't, maybe it's just because it's like, oh, I own a Jeff Kins. Yeah. It's, it's interesting and it's in the media. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm, to me, that's not the point of art, but maybe to someone else it is. And maybe that's just as valid, but... Maybe it was like an investment. They were like, in 20 years, this will be even more valuable. And in 100 years, people are going to wonder, what in the world? <laughs> yeah, it'll be really interesting... Like I said, he is still alive. It'll be really interesting to see how his art ages and if there's a different perspective on it. Yeah. When we have a little more perspective. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. (sighs) Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't really know how much I can possibly say about Jeff Koons. 
Maybe if I did a lot of research yeah. into, you know, why he made each piece, the meaning behind each of them, why he likes that style of art, maybe it would make more sense to me, but I I don't think I would like it any more than I do now. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I, just, I don't know either. It's not for me. It's just really not for me. I don't think he's trying to make something aesthetic. But I just wish I knew. So that's okay. Like, it's fine if he's not trying to make something beautiful. Yeah. I just wish I knew. Was he, Is he trying to make something edgy? Is he trying to make something to communicate something? Yeah. Is he trying to make money? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. I wish I did. It's frust. It's like, it's, Yeah. It's sad to not to not know why something is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's why so many people are frustrated by modern art is because you just feel like this is so silly that this right. is important and I don't even understand. It's just right. a giant balloon animal on a pedestal, but <laughs> there's... I don't know. Maybe it is just a cash grab. Maybe there's something really profound going on. I don't know. Again, the the picture of him with the jazz hands makes it hard to believe that there's something profound going on. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. And I think this this goes back to the question of what art is and why it's important. Um, and like I've said before, I think I love art for certain reasons. Mm-hmm. But those reasons are not the only things that make something art mm. and the only reason why art is important. And so maybe just the fact that this makes people wonder so much and it's a curiosity and people don't really understand it, maybe that's valuable to the world hmm, Interesting in itself. Yeah. But um, that doesn't mean I would go out of my way to go see one of these sculptures. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I mean, clearly this art that Jeff Koons has made has made a big enough impression in the art world that people do go out of their way and people know about it. People know that these giant balloon animals are Jeff Koons. Even people who don't know very much about art yeah. have, have mm-hmm. seen these or they've seen jokes about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if it makes that much of an impression in the art world, then it probably does matter in some way, but I'm just wondering, like, why it matters and if it will matter in the same way in the future. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I don't know. Who's to say? I don't know. We'll have to have somebody smart on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeff Coons. Good old Mr. Coons. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like an an evil oil baron in a movie. He does. Mr. Coons. <laughs> Mr. Coons. Oh my goodness. Well, are you ready to move on to the next artist? I believe so. Okay. I believe so. Um, this one may be controversial. This is an artist that a lot of people really love. And mm. he is very famous. Very famous. Um... Jackson Pollock. Um, so, 
Jackson Pollock, I think, is also a pretty controversial artist. Hmm. Um, he's in pretty much any art textbook that you can buy. He's in yeah. tons of museums. Most people know who Jackson Pollock is. So, many, many art people. people. But even non-art He's one, people know yeah. who Jackson Pollock one is. One of those He's, ones that's recognizable yes, pretty universally, yes, for sure. Yes, very recognizable. Um, and I, I think that is probably equally because people love him and don't understand him. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of art lovers out there who love Jackson Pollock, mm. um, but there are also a lot of people out there who just don't get it and yeah. who say, oh, well, if that's all it takes to be an artist, then I'm just going to drip some paint on my yeah. canvas. Yeah. Um, which I don't think is entirely fair. Mm-mm. I mean, he's on this list because I also don't quite get it, um, but... I don't know. I mean, maybe for the the same reason as Jeff Koons, just because he's left so much of an impression on the art world, um, he's important. But also, Jackson Pollock was not just some random guy who dripped some paint on a canvas. Like, he was a trained artist who mm. knew art history and technique. Um, and this, this was what he did for a living. So... Um, Anyway, what are your thoughts on Jackson Pollock, Linnea? So many things. Um, Part of me wonders, to be honest, if he's so famous because his art is very recognizable. Mm. Like, people see it and they're like, oh, Jackson Pollock. It's very easy to tell. Not a whole lot of other people have done this. Because if somebody did it after him... It would just be like, okay, we've seen this okay, yeah. dripping thing. We get it. We Jackson get Pollock. it. You like Jackson Pollock. Also, I don't know. Yeah, the seeing him paint, like seeing videos of him paint is so expressive mm-hmm. that he's kind of a captivating, like, figure in some way. Yes. He's, like, always yes. smoking a cigarette and he's got, mm-hmm. you know, these, I think he is, like, paint stirring sticks and he would just Mm -hmm. like drip paint on these huge canvases so there's something about that that's very i don't know it really captures the imagination a little bit right um as far as this art goes though yeah i don't totally get it um and obviously it's important although it doesn't really seem to have left that much of a lasting impact like it it Mm. You it's don't see recognizable, but it didn't. I don't think it really transformed people's <laughs> style or no. way of doing art. No, I don't. You don't see like in a list of somebody who followed him, like in a list of their um, influences. You mm-hmm. don't usually see Jackson Pollock, right? Um, he didn't live very long, so again, mm-hmm. he didn't have a chance to make a ton of art and when he was alive he wasn't i don't think super famous um Mm -hmm. i think he kind of became more famous after he died because his girlfriend or wait maybe his wife it may have been his wife his wife was also an artist so i think she kind of knew how to market his art after Mm -hmm. he died um but it's like is this you know really expressive art 
that is communicating some emotion or is it just kind of random? That I think is the question. I don't know. To me, it seems very random and I, I don't know. There's not really words. I, <laughs> my dad has seen some of them in person and he's... I have too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what were your thoughts when you saw them in person? Honestly, about the same as really? seeing them on the Okay. Screen. Interesting. Um, I mean, I think it was interesting to see all the textures, mm. but it's still just a, a lot of paint in random formations right. on canvas. It's right. not like an image. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the scale of it was cool. The I saw, I've seen a couple of them, and the one that I remember better was pretty huge. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. My dad always says, like, um, that when you see them in person, you get a better sense of maybe the emotion that is coming through mm-hmm. through the painting. Do I believe I was him? also fairly young. I think yeah, I was okay. maybe 14 when I saw it. Well, so maybe I didn't, maybe I, I didn't yeah, understand I don't know. art or really what to look for as well. So take that with a grain of salt, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe if I stared at it long enough, I, I could get a sense of emotion from it. I mean, looking at a couple of them here side by side, I think they would convey very different things. Um, one of them is just incredibly chaotic, like, covered from corner to corner with Mm. all different kinds of paint different textures and um like paint strokes and colors and just like madness and then the one below it is just a red background and then there's only white and black drizzles over it and so i think those two are very different um and he I can definitely see how he's trying to convey different things, but I don't know what it is that he's trying to convey. I don't know either. His life was really as chaotic as his paintings. He was an alcoholic for most of his life and also just extremely dysfunctional of a human being. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, he did some not good things. I think he stabbed a guy. Oh. Yeah. And he definitely assaulted several women. He was also assaulted. So it's like, but okay, there's a lot yes, going on. He had some issues. To, uh, this, uh, this is just my impression as somebody who doesn't really know much about him. But what I feel like is, I believe he went to art school because his brother was going to art school. Mm. And it was kind of a way out of his hometown and like family dynamic that was really dysfunctional Mm. he's from kind of interesting he's from super rural wyoming and just grew up very much like in the tulis um and then ended up in the new york art scene so that's a big shift but he i think he followed his brother to art school and this is maybe just my impression but i don't think he wasn't this wasn't the only kind of art that he made. He t- tried to do, you know, more mm-hmm. traditional art. Didn't really work out. 
Right. He just had this chaotic life. Kind of felt like he was just like, maybe <laughs> like a Hail Mary. Let's just drizzle some paint on a canvas and see if this works. Um, yeah. But I say that maybe that's the case. But I don't know. I hope there's somebody out there who knows more about Jackson Pollock than me who can tell me, no, there was really intention behind him doing this art style. It wasn't just his crazy, chaotic life being translated mm-hmm. into an extremely chaotic mm-hmm. form of art. And I don't well, know. Well, I think there must be some intention and style because I know there are a lot of people out there who tried to imitate him and also tried to make fake Jackson Pollocks like all the time. Really? Yeah. And like sell them as real Jackson Pollock? Oh, well, it's just paint splattered on a canvas. Mm. How hard can it be? And so they tried to make fake ones and sell them. And it's usually pretty easy to figure out. Oh, it's not a Jackson Pollock. And the way that it's done, that it's not a Jackson Pollock. Hmm. So... There's something going on. There's something going on here. But, again, I, I still just... I don't quite get it. Um, yeah, I think I could spend a lot of time just staring at Jackson Pollock paintings. And maybe I would come up with something. But... I don't know. Be interesting... I don't know. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see, listen to somebody who knew a lot about his life and maybe they'd have some insight. But mm-hmm. to me, from what I do know, he just seemed like an extremely troubled person. And uh, I don't know. Maybe that's why it doesn't really speak to me is because it just seems kind of all over the place. It's right. a little hard to connect with. It's like if you're, It's like when you're trying to connect with a very troubled person. Mm-hmm. It's tough and you don't really understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's kind of the same oh. way. Hmm. That actually makes me more interested in it. Ah. <laughs> like perspective on okay, it. cool. Huh. Maybe that's what's going on. I don't know. Um, well, should we move on to our next artist? Yes, we should. All right. Um, and that is... Drum roll. Keith Haring. Lucy, tell us about Keith Haring. Why is he on the <laughs> Why is he on the list? All right, so Keith Haring is another pop artist. Mm-hmm. He has a very distinctive style um, that I think is transformed and imitated a lot. I think actually, maybe besides the next person on this list. Um, Keith Haring is probably the artist that I see imitated most often because his style is very simple. He uses clean, thick black lines. Um, There is um, some detail in his paintings, but it's just very graphically like simple, Mm -hmm, clean. mm -hmm. He uses bold colors. um, And even his subject matter from what I gather is fairly simple. Um, so it's very recognizable. Um, but I put him on the list because I have just never really connected to it. Um, I think the way to, that it looks is nice and it's pleasing to the eye. Um, he has 
really nice, clean, smooth lines. The arrangement is interesting. It's all sort of geometric. Um, and so it's nice to look at, but it doesn't, it doesn't really make me feel anything. I don't really know what he's trying to say. Uh, maybe he's not trying to say anything. Maybe he's just trying to, I don't know, experiment with design. Um, I do think he has had a fairly large impact on the art world um, because, again, I've seen so many imitators of Keith Haring and his style or people who are very clearly mm. inspired by him. Um, but I just, I don't really get much out of it. I feel like I could see this on a poster or online somewhere and I'd say, oh, that's cool. Mm. But it's not really yeah. art, it's design. Yeah. Um, mm. So that's why I put him on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I don't think before today I knew... Like, I'd seen his art, obviously, everywhere, but I didn't really, like, connect the dots that, A, that was Keith Haring, and then also, B, that that was, like, one kind of um, artist who mm -hmm. had made all these images that I kind of vaguely recognized. Right. I like it. I don't really know why. I think... In general, I really kind of gravitate towards when it comes to maybe more modern art, tend to gravitate towards art that is very like, um, I don't know, this kind of way where there's like lots of kind of simplified figures and like mm. bright colors and, um, I don't know why. Like I really love Matisse's paper cutouts of like people and like the mm -hmm. dancing people and stuff mm -hmm. I think because I don't know it's very kind of childish but like in a in a good way mm -hmm. kind of um, I don't know playful and not taking itself too seriously mm -hmm. um, yeah I don't know I think it's kind of fun, but also, I don't know if he's trying to be profound in any way. Um, the one thing I read was like a lot of what he is, you know, a lot of the subject matter of his paintings is, or his work is of like connection. And you see one of the things we have is um, his work, Best Buddies, where it's like two people kind of giving each other a side hug. I don't know. I think it's... I don't know. I like it. Maybe... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I saw it in a museum, would I be like, what? Probably not, but... I think it's good. I think it's fun. I don't know. Also, another thing is, like, a lot of his work were was murals, and they were in, like, schools um, and hospitals, and um, a lot of it was... It's kind of born out of you know, graffiti and stuff. Mm -hmm. Some of it was originally street art. Um, so, I don't know. But I don't, I, it's like I like it, but maybe I don't really, 
know that I'm like, wow, this is super profound. I don't know uh-huh. that it's meant to be, though. He just seems like he was having fun and, like, wanted to bring a little life and color and stuff. Um, and he made, I mean, he made different pieces, like, about AIDS awareness and stuff. And so some of it was, I guess, meant to be kind of, like, activism-related mm-hmm. art. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. Well, that's that's totally fair. Um, and I think I downplay the role of just fun and joy mm. and imagination in art. And mm-hmm. so maybe that's just a personal preference, too, mm-hmm. um, that I sort of skew toward the serious side of art mm. more than just fun and playful. And... Maybe I should just consider that more in my my journey through art. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think it is fun. And like I said, I like how it looks. Yeah. But, I don't know. There's just, there's something that doesn't quite connect mm. for me. Yeah. I yeah. Don't, I don't know either. Lucy, maybe we'll have to revisit that one. Yeah. Maybe we'll come back to that. (laughs) All right. Next on the list, the king of pop art, the Pope (laughs) of pop art. Yes. Andy Warhol. Yes. Everyone's favorite pop artist. (laughs) Who didn't have an Andy Warhol Marilyn Monroe t-shirt when they were in middle school? I don't think I did. I didn't, but a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) So weird. I don't know why. That was something. Yeah. Yeah, and it still is. Like, it it keeps coming back. And I find that so interesting. Everyone. But there's just something striking. Yeah, and, and, yeah. And, I don't know, reproducible about Andy Warhol's art that people just continue yeah. to love it. I think that was kind of the and point. And even people who don't love art seem to love Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol. Yeah, true. Because so, he was kind of the anti-art artist a little bit. Right. And so I can sit here and critique him all that I want, but if he makes people interested in art and walk around with art on their t-shirt, yeah. then maybe he did something right. Right. Um, right. I don't love it, though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's just... It's really not my style. I don't understand... What is so interesting about a tomato soup can? <laughs> right. Um, Marilyn Monroe, I think, was an absolutely perfect choice for him to, you know, create art because she represents so many things. Yeah. I think to so many people. Mm. She's an icon. She. Mm-hmm. There's something sad about her. There's something mm. that people identify with. Um, there, she's the ultimate celebrity, someone who is very desired and valuable. And so, um, I think Andy Warhol was very smart hmm. when he chose his subjects, but <sighs> pop art is just, I don't know. It's, it's just not something that I really connect to. That whole idea of 
I don't know, art that is like so steeped in pop culture is mm. not my favorite. Mm. I really just prefer art that is about humanity, mm. the human spirit, um, life on this earth, nature. Yeah, yeah. Um, rather than pop culture, being a celebrity, um, critiques on all of that. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah, it's like if pop art is kind of a way to respond to the established kind of art world and the fact that it feels oftentimes disconnected from regular people. Mm-hmm. I, it's like, I wish that the response had been different. Mm. Like we, I wish the response had been making something that was really about yeah, humanity and everyday people and mm-hmm. really connecting back with like what makes us human and right stuff um rather than almost tapping into like the worst side of our culture right celebrity and mm-hmm. mass production and right consumerism or whatever mm-hmm. it's why i don't know why the response to the art establishment had to be that instead right. of and, uh, something more I think, honest. I think that's part of why it bugs me too is because that is what Andy Warhol and a lot of pop artists decided to focus on mm. and then people's response was further consumerism and um, you know making t-shirts of all of this stuff mm. Not really thinking about art or the human experience or what it's trying to say, but just, oh, this is a popular image and it's like striking, so let's put it on a t shirt yeah. and then everyone wants the t shirt. And, and it, I don't know. It almost feels like in contemporary art, you have to be critiquing. You have to, you mm-hmm. have to be making a critique of culture. Right. It's like, and I don't know if it started with people like Andy Warhol, but it doesn't feel like there's really anything in contemporary art that's like well let's celebrate the awesome things of humanity it's all just like oh humans are terrible and right we keep killing each other and mm-hmm. it's very cynical yeah exactly yeah i don't know Ugh. yeah andy warhol andy warhol he's what an interesting he fellow um he was also a filmmaker. He actually did a lot. He started out as, a, I think, an animator. Um, he made some films. Pretty controversial films. I think there's I mean, one of surprised? him just, like, falling asleep or something. Uh, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, I think I had to watch part of it for a film class. And, well, it was about as interesting as you think it would uh, be. Yeah, I believe so. it. I believe it. Um, he was shot. Once by radical feminist Valerie Solanas. I don't really know why she shot him, except that she seemed to be just pretty angry at men. Like, Uh, just across the board, mm -hmm. was pretty angry. Um, yeah. And his his paintings, like, the... It's kind of interesting, like, the soup can and Marilyn Monroe and stuff like that, they're kind of meant to be something that is, like, mass-produced. They're silkscreen prints, Mm. so they're not... I guess they're not paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's kind of a weirdo. 
Um, <laughs> and one of his paintings, which is called Silver Car Crash Double Disaster, which actually is kind of my favorite name that's, for a painting ever. Yeah, that's pretty excellent. Um, he, it sold for $105 million. Wow. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, and going back in the conversation a little bit, I forgot to mention this. Number 11 by Jackson Pollock was auctioned for more than $400 million. Yeah. Wow. I think almost $500 million. Wow. Yeah, so. That's insane. It's just crazy to think. Yeah, like, for me, I don't... Like, if I saw an Andy Warhol painting... Like, even a real one. Okay, that's yeah. probably not true. But if I saw a Andy Warhol painting in the thrift store, I probably wouldn't buy it. I would, because I would I mean, know I would, that it was me. I know that I would be rich. Yeah. <laughs> but if you didn't know it was Andy Warhol, like, yes. I may probably wouldn't spend $30 on it. And yeah. someone spent $400 million on it. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry. I guess with the Andy Warhol one, it was 105 But oh, still. just oh insane. Yeah, that's crazy. Kind of wild. So, yeah. I don't know. With him, it's like you can tell that he's trying to just kind of be a little bit of a he's contrarian. To, and yeah. Just, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, it's hard to connect with. It yes. doesn't really feel like it's something that you're really meant to connect with. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. My my impression of Andy Warhol has always just been that sort of art that people who like to be contrarian like, mm. you know, like when they just like to have a conversation about something and try to prove someone wrong or prove right. themselves right, whether they actually think that or not, that's the type of person that would have an Andy Warhol hanging in their house, um, which. I mean, I'm not saying that's bad. It's just not me. Um, it's not really why I like art at all. So Yeah. Yeah. You can be contrarian. If, yeah, I think I said this before, but you can be contrarian if you're going to add some value or add something to the conversation. Right. But if you're right. just going to be contrarian for the purpose of being contrarian, it's like... It's like... Okay. Let's... We don't need to do this right now. <laughs> um... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, for those listening at home, he has some pretty interesting shaggy white hair. When I first <laughs> saw it, I could not stop thinking of Herb Applewhite, who is the founder of the Heaven's Gate cult. <laughs> look it up. He doesn't look like him, really, but nope, Lucy was saying. But same energy. Same energy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, make of that what you will. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's move on to um, one final artist who is very different from all the other people on this list. Um, we're definitely moving away from pop art now. Um, so George Seurat, um, probably most people who know of this artist know A Sunday Afternoon on the Island of Le Grand Jat, um, which is a very famous painting. Yes. Very famous. Um, it's just I a bunch of people by a lake. 
Yep. Basically. Yep. I think this is one of the first famous paintings that I ever learned about. Mm. Um, I think it's pretty commonly replicated, referenced. Um, He definitely put his mark on the art world. Mm. Um, And... I don't, I don't know. Um, maybe Linnea has some other reasons why um, this artist is on this list, but for me, I, I kind of like his paintings. I kind of understand why his style is important, um, but... Again, I just, I don't really get it. I don't really connect Mm. to it. Maybe it's the way that I grew up. So a scene like this set in a very different time, um, in a different place, it it doesn't really make me connect to it. And maybe there's some sort of cultural understanding that I'm lacking. Um, But I think art has this amazing capability to transport you to other places and to understand what it feels like to be there. And I don't really get that from this painting. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I sort of get the, the lazy Sunday feeling and there's a nice breeze and you're by the lake. Um, and that's nice, but, um, that's kind of where it ends for me, I guess. What do you think, Lene? Yeah, I, um, okay, yeah, I I think the reason why I don't like this one, uh, all the people's (laughs) faces are so obscured, like you can't, it's very impersonal. Mm. Their figures are very rigid. Yes. Um, So, I don't know, but, so, I think that's kind of why... I wanted to include him on the list is just it's like it's so impersonal is it really that impressive that he invented so for a little background Syrah mm-hmm. um, silent T <laughs> for those trying to spell it um, he in, was the first guy to come up with this style called pointillism which basically it's like his paintings they look like a completed picture but it's really composed of lots of little tiny dots of color. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the first guy to do that. Which, isn't it weird how long it took for us to come up with certain things? <laughs> yes. Like, why didn't we think of that uh, before? I don't know. Because he was born in the early 1800s. It took us a long time to figure out mm-hmm. how to make dots look like a picture. <laughs> um, no. I'm sh- Yeah. It, it's... So he contributed something, obviously. Um, and, yeah, I think to me, I just wasn't... It's like, okay, cool, there's dots. It just didn't seem that impressive, maybe. But um, I was reading a little bit more about it today um, to get ready for this episode. And he actually was very interested in color theory and um, the science behind color which is kind of interesting because I don't think there's many artists who are that um, engaged with science as mm-hmm. well as art. Mm-hmm. So kind of interesting that science is really what informed his art style. 
and I'd have to learn more about it to really understand, but I do think when he was creating his paintings, he really um, used some interesting technique and color. And I think the idea is that you sort of put dots of different shades together and then it, it almost like it creates this impression of another shade, if that makes sense. Mm. I, I'm not doing a good job of describing it. Um, but he really had a deep understanding of color theory and he employed it really well. And I think in, what is this called again? Afternoon on the, uh, sunny, Sunday afternoon on the island of Le Grand Yacht. Um, this one, it doesn't come through as well, maybe because it's done so well, but if you look at his other paintings, like, um, uh, we have one called Young Woman Powdering Herself, uh, you can, it's like you can kind of pick up on that a little bit more, how the, he uses the different colorful dots to make this really complete looking picture. Right. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm zooming in on her skirt, for example. And it's actually pretty cool. If you stand way far back, it just looks brown. Mm. But the more you zoom in, the more you see all the different colors there are. I mean, there there's brown, there's cream, there's white, there's blue, there's orange. But then as soon as you zoom out, it, it makes just a brown skirt. Um, so that is interesting. I think yeah. it would be cool to see it in person. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool. It would... You know how people talk about like Monet's water lilies where when you're standing way up close it looks kind of like a smudge and then you stand mm -hmm. far away and it's like, whoa, beautiful yeah. water lilies. Yeah. So maybe it would be like that with Seurat. You'd have an interesting new way of experiencing these paintings. Um, right. But yeah, I, I think it's like his art was almost more scientific than really... Um, mm than art it's artistic but it's just so different from the other artists that we've been talking about who are very much just trying to express themselves and blah 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 blah. Right. Um his paintings, I mean the scenes that he chooses are very not mundane, but mundane-ish. Right. While I was researching, I found another painting of his called Seascape or Grave Lines. Um, I think it's got two different titles. Oh, interesting. So, um, anyway, it just, it's pretty different from any of the other pieces I saw by him. Um, first of all, the dots are a lot bigger. Mm -hmm. um, so it's very obvious that it's pointillism. Mm. Some of his other paintings, if you stand far enough away, it really doesn't look like a bunch of little dots. Yeah. Especially on screen. Um, but this, it was very obvious that it's pointillism. Um, and I, I don't even know if I can fully explain why it was so interesting to me. But it's this seascape. You've got a little bit of the ocean and then sort of a sunset sky. Um, and the beach with some sand dunes and some grass growing on top of them. And then... The outside of this painting is this really interesting dimensional colorful frame. Yeah, that is really interesting. Um, it kind of looks like you're looking out a window. It looks mm -hmm. like you're maybe looking through a camera lens. Um, it looks like a multi-dimensional portal. Mm. Um, and I think I just really like it because I can't quite figure it out. 
Um, but it's really intriguing to me. Um, so I maybe you're maybe, a Syrah fan now. Maybe my yeah, maybe I'm a Syrah fan now. Um, so if you guys look that one up, then uh, yeah, I don't know. Send me your thoughts. I'm really curious. Um, I just think it's it's super interesting and. Personally, I think it's more interesting than a Sunday afternoon. Um, but maybe it's just because it's something sort of new that I haven't seen before. Seen before of his, yeah. So, mm. anyway, that was really interesting. Um, I don't know if I'm totally sold on his paintings, but maybe I appreciate him a little bit more. Now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Actually, I feel like... I feel like I appreciate all of them a little bit more after talking through this. Yeah. Um, except maybe Jeff Koons. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. None of these artists are artists that I would ever really gravitate mm. towards still. But even by just talking through why I don't get it, <laughs> I feel like... At least why other people like it sort of started to click for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's like when you kind of talk about a book that you didn't really like, but you're like, okay, well, this was done well. and Right. Right. So, yeah. I mean, like, Catcher in the Rye. Mm. Not my favorite book. Mm-hmm. But I've heard people talk about why they love it. Yeah. And it makes sense to Yeah, me. exactly. And it makes sense why it's a classic and so many people read it. Yeah, exactly. Just not, not my favorite. Mm. Lots of art that yeah. we don't understand, but I mean, that's part of the fun. I think a little bit yes. is kind of yes. I I had fun discussing that. Yeah. Also, it's I don't know. It's interesting hearing your perspective on it. I really liked your perspective on Keith Haring, and now I feel like I need to revisit that a little. Okay. Bit. Cool. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a follow up episode on Keith Haring. Yeah. Maybe. Also, he just looks adorable. He is. You guys, please go look up a photo of Keith Haring. He's just the cutest, quirkiest little guy. What if he's actually really tall and he just looks quirky? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. <laughs> he's still cute and quirky. Um, um, also, speaking of photos, um, we have an Instagram. And it's called First Impressionists Podcast. So go look that up. Give it a follow. We will be posting all of the paintings and art that we talk about mm-hmm. on each episode there. So you don't have to try to spell them every or, time. Yeah, exactly. Um, you're welcome. Guarantee really that fun. you'll spell jot wrong. Yes. So we will <laughs> spell it for you. Yes. Um, so yeah, go give that a follow. And you can scroll along and look at the art as we talk about it. Yeah. Excellent. All right, Lucy. Well, um, to close out this episode, I came up with a joke while I was talking about Syrah. Okay. Play it <laughs> on. What do you call a boring donut? What? A mundanish. Ah! Oh! <laughs> All right. And with that, we'll, uh, <laughs> see you next week. Next week. Bye. <laughs>
Thank you.